I just love it. I'm excited to bring the word to you Christmas morning, and this is a, this is a powerful word, and uh, it's, it's what he already went waxed eloquent on, um, just God with us, the idea of God's presence, and that's, that's what we're celebrating, that it is who he is, it is his name, part, one of Jesus' names, Emmanuel, the living God present with his people. So we're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. And when I say I'm going to try not to take too long today, what I mean is I practiced this message, and it is under 40 minutes, which is 20 minutes shorter than I usually go. So God be with us. Before we get into this, I I want to celebrate a couple of cool things that have just, um, just kind of came up in the past couple weeks. Uh, I hadn't planned any like caroling activities or anything this year. Um, In the past, we've gone to Kaiser. Uh, I think we did it like three years in a row before COVID, and we would just carol through the halls, and it was a great time. It was always a great time. And, And Stephanie Goldsboro approached me like a month ago or something, weeks ago, and she's like, hey, are we doing any caroling this year? And I was like, ah, I don't really know. I haven't planned anything. And so we put together this little idea of what we would do. And then the next day, the, the chaplain at Kaiser Hospital uh, calls me, and he's like, hey, Hunter, you know, when the other chaplain was here, Wade, you guys did this caroling thing. Do you guys want to do that this year? I know it's short notice. And I was like, okay, Lord, I guess this is an open door you're kind of putting before us. And so um, we have some pictures here. Nate, if you want to throw those up. This is the teens and the families of the teens. And we were joined by the Pierce family, our, our extended family from Oklahoma. They joined us and and when we caroled through the halls, it was, it was such a good time. And, and um, man, I was going to pull this up. Let's see if I can find it. It's a text that uh, the chaplain Royce, he sent to me. Oh, man. I was able, as I was practicing, here it is, here it is. He says, Hi, hey, Hunter, just wanted to let you know that there were over 100 positive comment cards on what people consider a caring moment. So many patients and staff were blessed. It wouldn't surprise me that it is a one day record for caring moments. And it was just a cool thing I thought I'd share with you that, that you know, God, God's using the teens um, just, to, just to bless people. It was just a really cool opportunity the Lord provided. And then another thing I wanted to share is the beginning of this year, I think February, uh, a long time project came to fruition. Our, our album, our 10 track CD, um, we, we released that, Awe. And there was a lady from Wisconsin that reached out recently. Her name is Sharon Knox. And she said, hey, I found your video, Behold Our God, online, and it blessed me so much. And because in 2020, when we were, you know, everyone was trying to figure things out, we, we were making music videos. And that Behold Our God video, by the way, has like 70,000 views, which is pretty crazy. I mean, it's not, it's not like the biggest deal. It's just a cool thing that God's using that still. And he's using it to bless someone in Wisconsin. And she reached out and she's like, man, that was such a blessing. Do you guys have like a CD or something that, you, you know, I could get? And I was like, yeah. So I sent her three copies this week and we had a great little dialogue. Just, I told her a little bit about our church and she was telling me about the story of her church. And so just some cool things, man. Here we are the last Sunday of the year. And I just wanted to share those things. They've encouraged me. I hope they encourage you that God's, God's working. God's using this church in Fresno. Um, to bless people and to, to advance his kingdom in the hearts of people. So I just want to praise him for that. Okay, Matthew. 
Oh yeah, and, and if you want a CD, there are more. If you didn't get one, they're free. They're on guest services, so when they're gone, they're gone. Just take one on the way out. Merry Christmas. That is a gift from our church. Um, so Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 18. I'm going to start in verse 18. The Word of God says, The birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband, Joseph, who technically wasn't her husband yet, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly because she's pregnant and they haven't come together, so it's not Joseph's kid. So he's like, he, he, being an honest, he didn't want to disgrace her publicly because he's a righteous man. He decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because it's true, Joseph, what has been conceived in her is, of, is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us, or God with us. The point today that I want to talk about and help us understand from the meaning of this name Emmanuel is this, that if God is really with us, if the living God is really with us right now, then everything in life is secondary. And it all adjusts. It all has to adjust to fit inside that reality. The true and living God does not fit into our lives, nor does he take a back seat to anything or anyone. He is God. He is everything. He is the sum total and the entire purpose of this whole thing called life. He set it all up. If we are not living in that reality, then we're just messing around out of bounds, living in rebellion to goodness and light, which is God himself. Let's pray, and then we're going we're gonna to get into this, and this is powerful. Father, a merciful, loving God, Again, I find a challenge inside myself to believe that you, you love me, Lord, in my inadequacies and in my, um, my failures to love others well, my failures to, to live in the reality that I'm preaching today, that your love still flows. And that does, Lord, it just, it, it kind of leaves me speechless. And I pray that anyone in here who does not understand or know your love like that, that you would leave them speechless today. That you would, you would reach into their heart. You would reach through their sight and their perspective in the swirling worries and insecurities and fears that they may have. And that your love would heal today. And that the reality of your presence would truly be the most wonderful thing to us, God, because it is. I don't know what our plans are today or maybe the hurt that we're experiencing in this holiday season, but but God with us is better than the best, and it heals the worst. 
Lord, don't let that just be words. Answer these prayers. You are faithful. You are the God who initiated us being here today. You are the God who taught me this word that I'm preaching. You are the God who loves more than we do and wants us more than we want you. So thank you that you have called us together today. In Jesus' name, we trust you. Amen. Amen. So with names nowadays, meanings are mostly irrelevant. Names are just ways of identifying each other and ourselves as individuals. The meaning of my name, Hunter, has little to do with who I am as a person. I have hunted maybe once in my life, and it is a shame to speak of because I took all my weaponry. I took my slingshot, my airsoft gun, my BB gun, I think my bow and arrow, and I found a rabbit, and I chased him down, and I threw everything I had at that rabbit. And that rabbit is probably still alive today. So my name means very little in describing me as a person. It does not describe me or reveal anything about my heart. It's just my name. My, my, my real name is actually Garrett, if you guys didn't know that. It's Garrett Hunter Bachman. So Hunter's not even, it's, it's even removed. It doesn't even, it doesn't even count. When it comes to God, though, his names actually reveal, some of you are tripping out right now, like, like hardcore. It's okay, I, I am, I, that's the only thing I've lied about, okay? I swear. His names actually reveal who he is in himself. God's name is I am. The one who exists in himself without comparison or reference. He is the reference for everything else that is. All of us, we say I am, and we give some sort of description. I am this. I am this. God, he doesn't need a reference. He's the flagpole. He's, he, he is the reference for everything. So he just says, yeah, I am. I am. Because what, what else can you say? You could put a lot of descriptions in there, but they would only describe part of who he is. He is I am. He is the reference for everything else. It reveals who our God is. His name is creator. The one who calls existence from non-existence. God did not take what was available and make something with it. He took what was nothing and made something. He took what was not there and he called something into existence with his breath. His name is the Lord, the master of all his creation, the being who is worthy of our worship and praise and service. His name is the Prince of Peace, the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies. His names are not just what we call him for the sake of sounding spiritual in a prayer or something. They are the revelation of who he is. And the most common name for the third person of the Godhead, is the Son, is Jesus. And in Hebrew, Jesus is the name Yeshua. Yahweh, or Jehovah, is salvation. That's what Jesus' name means. Jehovah is salvation. God is salvation. Jesus is our salvation from sin and death. It's his name. It's who he is. Do you see? Jesus did not just accomplish our salvation. It is not just something he did. Our salvation is a person. Do you see the richness in the name Jesus now? 
Do you see that when we sing of the power of his name and the beauty of his name, which we will sing later, that there's more meaning behind it? It's not just the name of Jesus. It is saying, hey, he is my salvation. Like he, he, the person of Jesus is, my, is what saves me from sin and death. Him, what he did, yes, but in himself, because I'm not on the cross anymore. I'm in Christ. I am in Christ. I'm in him. We're hidden in Christ. He is my life now. He is our salvation. It reveals who he is. But Matthew, what we just read, he quotes the prophet, which gives Jesus another name, Emmanuel. Not only is it Jesus, God is our salvation, but that God is with us. That God is present right now. Jesus is the presence of the living God. John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. Lord, said Philip, one of his disciples. Philip says, show us the Father, Jesus. Show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Jesus said to Philip, have I been among you all this time? And you do not know me, Philip? You still don't get it, bro? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. You make that claim, you die. That's blasphemy. You don't claim to be the exact representation of God the Father. But Jesus, without hesitation, is like, Philip, look at me. I am the exact representation of the Father. I am the display. I am the physical image of the Father whom you want to see. Like, it's me. It's me. There's not something extra. And Jesus can say this because Colossians 1, 15. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. God became physical. God is a spirit. But in Jesus, God became physical, tangible. He was there. You could touch him. You could see him. And it's amazing when you read the Gospels because the disciples do not understand that he is God. They clearly do not. And the things they say to him, you're just like, oh my soul, why aren't they dead? It's God. And you see the graciousness and the mercy of Jesus, but it doesn't, it can, it can stop us from realizing that Jesus is that God, the same God that we worship today. The God that is worshipped by angels. From the beginning of, before time existed, he created time. Through the sun, all things came into being. Okay, so awesome. So God came to this earth and Jesus is a man. That is crazy. That we, we don't really fathom that right now. That's Christmas, right? We don't get the amazing, extraordinary reality that that is. But that was 2,000 years ago. That was a long time ago. So how is God with us now? Anyone seen Jesus walking around lately? Good. Because you'd be tripping. Uh, you be on something, and that, I'm concerned for you. So where is Jesus? Where is he? Where is the presence of God? Where is it? Don't answer this yet. Just don't. I know you want to. Some of y'all are like, I know that answer. Give me the Sunday school star. But we're going to answer that. I, I want us to just sit with the question. Where is the presence of God now? Where is our Savior? Matthew 28. Jesus has just commissioned the disciples and us. Here's your mission for your life. 
not just those 12, but everyone in here who, who says they believe in Jesus, who says they're a child of God, this is your mission. Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything as I've commanded you. And then he says this, I am with you always to the end of the age. And it's hilarious because right after this verse, you know what happens? Jesus starts levitating up to heaven and they're just watching him. And they're like, okay, what happened to what you just said? I am with you always? You're gone. The angels appear and they're like, men of Galilee, why are you still looking up at heaven? I would be like, uh, because I heard what he said. Like, and he just left, so I'm, I'm lost right now. He's going to be with me always, and then he's gone. John 16, two chapters later from where we read when Jesus is talking to Philip. Jesus says this, but now I am going away. What? To him who sent me, and not one of you asks me, where are you going? Yet because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Okay, hold up, Jesus. Let's get your imaginations going, okay? Let's get my imagination going. Jesus is standing on this stage right now. Picture that, okay? He's not. Jesus is not here. The man Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, okay? That's where he is. I answered the question, but hang with me because there's a lot more explaining to do, obviously. But imagine with me, Jesus is standing right here. If that's the case, many things happen right now. Uh, two options first. I'm either on my face or I'm in his arms. You guys disappear. Like, you guys aren't even here. My, like, my wife disappears. Do you hear me right now? Are you hearing me? This is Jesus. This is my God. And he's here? I love y'all, but I don't know where y'all are. You just went away. I'm in heaven with Jesus. Do you see that? Are you imagining with me? That's nuts. And then Jesus says, it's better that I go away. No, it's not. No. I, no, Jesus, don't go away, ever. Stay right here. But let's keep reading. <sighs> Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth, he says. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me. And about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. 
When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak of His own, but He will speak whatever He hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit, the counselor, the comforter will glorify Jesus because he will take from what is mine, Jesus says, and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. So, after reading all that, how can Jesus say he is going away and then in Matthew say he is with us always? Because good news, church, our God, he's one. He's one. Do you see here the counselor, the father, the son, all in John 16? Jesus can, you, if you do not believe in the Trinity of God, this mystery that we cannot wrap our minds around, but yet we hold to as true that God is one and yet he exists in three persons. Yet he's one. He's one. He's not three gods. He's one God, three persons. Yes, I, I can't. I can't explain that much further. But I hold to it because nothing else makes sense. This does not make sense. If I do not believe in that, I cannot believe in the presence of God. That God is here in a fullness. I, I only get a piece of God. I only get this thing, the counselor. I want Jesus. What is this counselor? But when I understand that God is one, that counselor, that is the spirit of Jesus with me. He, he is the fullness of God. The Holy Spirit is the fullness of God, brothers and sisters. The Holy Spirit is the fullness of God. And Jesus has sent him. He is here now. Yes, your eyes, your flesh, the physical God that you want to see and touch. Yeah, we want that, don't we? That's easy. It just makes so much sense in this world of chaos and where, you know, something physical would just be better. And Jesus says, no. So you have a choice. Are you going to believe Jesus? Am I going to believe Jesus? That the Holy Spirit really is better? Really is better. That he really is here. I mean, I was almost in tears as I was describing to you Jesus here. I need to figure out through belief, not through me working hard, but believing that that same image, that same imagination of Jesus being here is the power of what is true now. That the Spirit is that close. That the Spirit is that good. That God is, guys, God is here. Do you believe it? Because you probably should stop listening to what I'm saying and just be in awe of that. That we just get lost in the magnitude of that truth. He is not standing at a distance. You don't raise your hand, but how many times is that how it feels? How many times I've heard people say, oh, I believe, I know God's with me. How many times I've said that? 
And it feels like, yeah, he's with me, but he's over there. He's just, he's over there. I don't know how else to explain it, you know? He's just, he's there. He's with me, but he's, ah. I think that's how we live our lives. I think that's right there. That's where we live our lives most of the time. <laughs> God's with me. God's with me. Ah, he's just, he's with me over there. He's just hanging. He is not at a distance. He's not. You do not have to find his location. You must believe in the closeness of his presence. God is here in his fullness. The spirit is not weak. Jesus is closer than he has ever been. Because now his spirit is in your being. That is the glory of being a child of God is that His Spirit is literally within your being. He is the life in your being. He is not the life in unbelievers. He is not. Those who seek this world and they do not believe in Jesus, they do not have the life of God. They have an existence of death. And their end will result in that. That's why we make disciples to some degree. To help them to open their eyes and say, you are dead in your sins. We were all dead in our sins. But God gave us life and that life is himself. It's Emmanuel. It's God with me. God with me. He is our life. So what? What is there left to seek? What is there left to gain? What is there left to accomplish? Who is there left to please? What are you worried about? Dying? Getting a career? Figuring out college? My family's a mess. That's why we're not even getting together today. I can't pay the bills. Okay? I'm not making light of that. I'm not. Um, but God, God is actively with you right now. Right now. His love, His compassion, His smile is with, is with you right now. In your seat, as you're listening or tuning out my words, wh wherever, He is with you. And if you're His child, there's no condemnation. There's availability. There's communion. There's peace with God. His presence is active with you. He's not at a distance. Stop. Don't come into agreement with that idea that God is over there. You know what's scary? Is that God is with me. It's a little too much for me to handle. It's a little too much for me to handle. Because if I start believing it, my flesh it's, it, it doesn't know what to do with that It's because it's God. Yeah, exactly. You know how many times when I face temptation and sin, my motivation to resist it is usually something like, oh man, that would really suck if I did that. You know, I can't kick the dog because the wife would get mad. Like, like, that's my motivation, right? Oh, this would really hurt those people. Oh, man, I wouldn't look good. That, that's the flesh keeping me away from sin. You know, when you believe that God is with you, 
all of a sudden, you don't want to sin because, whoa, God's with me. Why would I? Like, you're in, like, he's there. I'm enjoying him. My career, my marriage, my family, my, my, my hobbies, my, what, my vacation, my, whatever I value in this life, none of it matters when, when God is here. When we're in heaven, we're not thinking about all of that garbage. We're not. And marriage is not garbage. Family's not garbage. So don't hear that. I love my wife dearly. But, but we have to see the distance. Christmas is not about family. It's just not. That's all this world lifts up. That's the highest this world can offer. Is taking something good that God gave us to show us himself. And saying, it's all about family, man. It's all about family. It's just not. Not for a believer. Family is temporary. This is permanent. This family. This. So it's not to demean people. It's not to belittle these beautiful gifts of marriage and family and so many other. It's not to demean them. It's to help us get perspective and see the distance that when God's presence is secondary in your life, you will live in the flesh. You will live in confusion. You will live in fear. You just, you just will, and you'll be back and forth, and you'll be wrestling, and you'll just be like, I don't get it, man. These things aren't Because you're not believing that God is with you and how close he is with you, how much he really loves you. It blows my mind. It really does. Because I'm just, okay, you love me. How? And I'm not just saying this to sound good. I, like, that sounds so childish and easy. That's what I used to think when I hear preachers say stuff like that. I'm like, ah, shallow, the love of God. <laughs> Hunter, what a fool. What a fool I've been. Oh, how I need God's love. I need it so much more then I enjoy it right now. I need it so much more than I think. And he says, yep, it's still here. And it always will be, son. I know you're blowing it. I know you're failing in all these areas. I know you're struggling with disappointment and depression and fear and insecurity because you're not even living what you're telling these people right now. But I love you. And I am still with you, Hunter. You, you realize God's with me right now? And the only reason I can love you, the only reason I can preach truth to you right now and confess that Jesus is Lord is because God is with me. There's such a freedom in this moment. I, what you think of me does not matter. Are you enjoying the presence of God? Is he at a distance? Is he just not really fit in your life? Or he fits, but he fits in this nice box called religion. Oh, to quote Spurgeon, may God teach you the meaning of that name, Emmanuel. May God teach me 
Would you just believe that right now? Would you believe the simplicity that God is with you? As we go into today, we spend time with family or we're friends or doing something else. As we get into 2023 and it's back into the busyness, it's back into the grind. You, you, you can't lose this, guys. We're his children. We can't, we can't throw this on the side. We can't forget the presence of God because he's the only way we live how we're supposed to. This life is just not about your plans. It's not about you. It's just not. It's just not about you. It's not about me. So are you sideways right now in your life? Are you sideways? Are you seeking yourself? Are you seeking the things of this life, the things of this world? This is not, I'm not going to preach a nice, cozy little Christmas message. The message of Christmas is enormous. It's enormous. And I love the lights. I love the feelings. I love everything. I lo- and I just, I was laughing. I was listening to this song on the way home. And I'm going to wrap this up. I forsook my notes a long time ago. Um, and it was, it, it was a great song. And it was all like, man, the best thing is home. It's, he's telling the story how he's packing his kids in the car and they're driving 10 hours to, to home. And you know, he's talking about the tree. He's talking about, you know, and then, and then he throws this line in there and he says, and we know it's all about Jesus. <laughs> it is? It is though? It's all about Jesus. Somehow we've turned that phrase into like one of the requirements of the season. Like lights, tree, it's all about Jesus, caroling, food, family, you know, like, is it really all about Jesus? Because I'll tell you what, I really enjoy all the Christmassy stuff. I really enjoy all of that, the music and the feelings, and I'm all about that. But when, I start to, when we start to consider what it means that God is with us, you do see the silliness in it. And you also feel the fear that, oh, I don't know, I might be judged if I start calling this stuff silly, though. Because we, we love it. Our flesh loves all this stuff. Again, I'm trying to help us see. Not, this is evil, stop doing this. This is, you know, you gotta, it's all about, about Jesus, all about Jesus. If that's what you hear, you're, you're just, you're missing it. You're missing it. What I'm trying to show us and show myself is God. What else matters? You're only living this life because he has you living for his glory. That is why you are alive. And if you are pursuing your own way, think of how merciful God is. Do you see the mercy of God? He lets unbelievers live out their whole life. Some of them have a great time. Great time in this life, right? Even though God created them for his glory, they don't acknowledge him, they curse his name and sin against him all their lives. That's what we were doing before he saved us. And God's merciful. And he says, okay. But if you believe in God, wake up, his presence is the best thing ever. It changes everything. 
It changes everything, guys. Let's show that, that last screen up, Nate. What's, what's my theme? There it is. If God is really with us, then everything in life is secondary, and it must all adjust to fit in that reality. So let God do the adjusting. And that's me, too. That is me, too. I am not up here preaching this because, guys, here's what I finally figured out, and I'm here to teach all you. There's a little bit of insecurity because I know I've got a long way to go. I've got a long way to go. Me preaching up here doesn't mean squat. It's easy. It's so easy to tell others the truth. But God is doing this in me as well. And I pray he continues it, and I know he will.